Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. The senator with stage one breast cancer who refused to meet with Florida's top doctor for not wearing a mask says she's also concerned for First Lady Casey DeSantis. I want her to please be very, very careful so that she can get a treatment in a timely manner. And I would say to the governor, please don't put an anti-science person in as our number one public health professional. However, Governor Ron DeSantis is busy bashing Dr. Anthony Fauci over allegations his institute funded research involving the abuse of puppies. You can't have mad scientists running around playing God like this and then come to find out what else is Fauci and NIH doing? They're doing cruel experiments on puppies. Today's Sunrise interview is with Democratic Senator Tina Polsky, who is at the center of the controversy with Florida Surgeon General, who refused to honor her request to wear a mask in order to meet with her in her office. She is here with us to share how it all went down. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting. It's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, October 26th. Today is National Pumpkin Day, National Crime Fighter Day, and National Tennessee Day. On this day in 1949, U.S. President Harry Truman raised the minimum wage from 40 to 75 cents an hour. And in 1991, former Washington Mayor Marion Barry arrived at a federal correctional institution in Virginia to begin serving a six-month sentence for cocaine possession. Governor Ron DeSantis bashed Dr. Anthony Fauci on Monday over allegations his institute funded research requiring the abuse, mutilation, and death of puppies. And so we've got to shut that down. You can't have mad scientists running around playing God like this and then come to find out what else is Fauci and NIH doing? They're doing cruel experiments on puppies. According to documents acquired by a government watchdog group, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, led by Fauci, funded research in 2018 allowing scientists to force-feed experimental drugs into 44 beagle puppies before killing and dissecting them. What they were doing with those puppies is flat-out disgusting. It's despicable. That needs to stop. I cannot believe American tax dollars uh, would go uh, to treat those dogs the way those dogs would be treated. The dogs between six and eight months old were also devocalized, according to the report. The procedure involves the slitting of a dog's vocal cords as a means to stop barking. You know, I really think Fauci needs to be held accountable. These people, these bureaucrats, they don't get to just run wild and do whatever the hell they want to with our tax dollars. And so from funding gain-of-function research uh, to treating these puppies with really unimaginable cruelty, uh, I think that whole lot of them 
need to be cleaned out, and we need to be standing up for the American taxpayer and doing things ethically and not doing things like gain-of-function research and certainly not abusing puppies. The revelations unearthed by the White Coat Waste Project are among a trove of NIH documents coming to light amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Read more on floridapolitics.com. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed is one of many reacting to news about the state's top health official refusing to wear a mask during an attempt to meet with a senator who requested he do so and conveyed health concerns. I am severely disappointed um, that he didn't have enough respect and, and courtesy for a not only just a fellow Floridian, but a state senator who was going through, um, told him, that he was, she was going through uh, has a medical condition, regardless of what it is. Today's Sunrise interview follows that story by Florida politics reporter Christine Sexton, which went viral over the weekend. Democratic Senator Tina Polsky shared how Florida Surgeon General declined to wear a mask even after she requested he do so because of a serious medical condition. Senator Polsky is here to discuss the ordeal. So the Surgeon General requested a meeting with me as one of the senators who needs to confirm him to the position permanently. He's allowed to serve uh, through his confirmation, assuming he gets voted in. And that can happen either in this session or uh, by next session. So it actually could be two years. And so he requested to meet with me. I have a strict wear mask in my office policy. There's a sign. Everybody so far, dozens of meetings have complied, never been a problem. Nobody's ever even questioned it. And he came in with two aides on Wednesday and I asked them to put on a mask. And he said, he doesn't do interviews with his mask on. And I said, I can hear just fine with our masks on. And he said, no, let's see if we can come with an alternative. And he only offered going outside, which I was uncomfortable doing. And it really went back and forth for longer than it should have about wearing a mask I told him I have a serious medical condition. It didn't change his mind. I asked him why he can't wear a mask. He didn't answer it. And there was a debate and a negotiation going on while we were standing in the waiting room of my office. And exactly what I didn't want to happen, people in my office without a mask, was happening. And so I, after some period of time passed, I finally said, well, if you won't wear a mask, I know all I need to know. And you can please leave. Wow. Were you surprised by his stance at all, seeing that, like, you know, he was at the press conference with Governor DeSantis with the call for the special session that will bring you back to Tallahassee to fight against mask mandates and vaccine mandates more so. So were you surprised to see him like this personally, or did you think it was just like, you know, just doing it for politics usually, and you would respect something so simple as your wishes? I think the latter uh, makes a lot more sense. And that's what I was hoping to happen, that if I was adamant enough that he please wear a mask, we're not in public, there's no pictures, no one's going to see him, that he would wear a mask, especially when I told him I had a serious medical condition, and he's a physician. So I was surprised that he made it such a line in the sand that he couldn't cross. And it's such a simple little gesture to put a piece of fabric over your face and he just wouldn't do it. So it did take me a little by surprise. 
needless to say, it gave you all you needed to know. He was on this tour or confirmation and he's going to meet with you. Well, he tried to meet with you and he's going to be meeting with others, hoping to get a favorable review. What would be your review so far of the doctor? I had a lot of good questions to ask him about what he would do in a future health emergency. What is he going to do about childhood routine vaccinations dropping? Um, you know, why is he anti-vaccine? Why is he anti-mask? And get a little more in his background. So I had a lot of great questions that I wanted to ask him that are very important. And I obviously never got the chance to do that. Um, so I tried to have an open mind about him as a candidate. But the fact that he didn't respect my wishes and that he didn't take my own health into consideration, even if he thought it was absurd, right? He could say, Masks don't do anything, but if it makes you feel better, Senator Polsky, I will put one on. He couldn't even bring himself to say that. How hard would that have been? And so that tells me all I need to know that he is not fit to care for the public health of 21 million Floridians. What did you think of Senate President Simpson and his statement that came in support of you? What did you make of seeing that? For me, I found it surprising because usually issues like this, folks who may be in support in private are, are, are quiet. But he came and supported your stance and the interaction. What did you make of that? I was really gratified to get his support. Yes, it might be a little surprising uh, in this partisan age, but knowing him and the relationship that we have and the relationship of all the senators to each other, Though we have stark political differences, the level of respect and professionalism among us is very strong. And President Simpson has made it very clear how he feels about the Senate as a body, as a very strong body. And as freshmen, we had orientation and he drilled that into us. You are senators and this is how we operate in the Senate. And this was a uh, when last session, when he had very strict rules about COVID uh, precautions in the Senate building, which were different from other parts of the Capitol. So I knew that he took COVID very seriously. And I know that he respects me. And I really, really appreciated the support, the bipartisan support. And it says a lot about him and the Senate as a whole. And I'm really very pleased. How do you see this playing out for the future of the Surgeon General? Will he ultimately be confirmed? Given the support you're getting from the Senate president, will this trickle down to others? And uh, what are you hearing so far since this ordeal? I haven't heard anything about the future of this nomination. Knowing um, kind of how the governor operates, I don't see him backing down. But then again, like, for example, if you have a bill that, you know, isn't, go, isn't going to pass, they won't put it up in committee. So at some point, if they don't think that this candidate will receive the favorable votes, they won't put him up. And so there has to be a lot of behind the scenes discussion going on either now or in the future, because, as I said, he has time before he needs to be confirmed. But if it were to be held now. I would tend to think that he might not get confirmed. How are you doing since you went public with your diagnosis? And I understand that you weren't planning on going public so soon. Tell us about 
why you decided to go public. Yeah, so I wanted to go public with my diagnosis. I just wasn't sure what the right timing was. Maybe it would be after I completed treatment, but I actually haven't even started the official treatments yet. So I went public because people were starting to find out. This incident happened with the Surgeon General, and I couldn't really tell the story without explaining why it mattered so much to me. Um, So my diagnosis is stage one breast cancer. I had the tumor removed and I'm starting radiation treatments this week. I have an excellent prognosis and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting past these treatments and being able to get back uh, to work and to Tallahassee, which I will do, you know, and hopefully in just a a few short weeks. Um, I also wanted to go public because I, it really makes a difference for people to women to be reminded to get their yearly mammograms. Multiple people have told me that my story has reminded them to call and make their appointments. Um, And so early detection is the difference. And it's why my prognosis is so good because I had a mammogram last November. So it's not even a year since my diagnosis. Um, And women under the age of 40 can't get mammograms under regular course. So they need to do self-exams. And if I want to tell every woman out there, if you feel something, say something, because it's imperative that you get looked at um, as soon as possible. And if there's nothing there, hopefully there's nothing there, but it's important to get checked. So that was my main reason for coming out about my own diagnosis. But I had to tell people the story of the Surgeon General because I think it shows so much about his character, the lack of respect for my wishes, the lack of compassion for what I was going through, and more important for him to take a stand against masks than to put a piece of fabric over his face for 10 minutes to talk to me. And he's just unfit to serve in that position. So I wanted people to know. What would you tell the governor and the parallels that you and the governor considering the first lady's announcement earlier this month as well with breast cancer, having this ear and with this controversy, obviously he's going to be hearing you. What would you say with regards to to this appointment going forward? I would plead for the governor to be very careful around his wife, to surround himself with people who are safe and vaccinated and are masked up I don't know this for for a fact, but I fear that she has a more aggressive kind of cancer because that happens to younger women. I'm about 12 years older than her and there's a difference. And so I hope that she doesn't. And I pray for her quick recovery, but I want him to be careful around her and I want her to be careful. It's scary. And what I was so concerned about for myself is if if I caught COVID, my treatment would be delayed. And the treatment is on such a regimented path of the number of days and when it has to happen post-surgery because you just don't want it to spread. You want to get that cancer, every little cell, before it it spreads. And so if I got COVID, my treatment would be delayed by an untold number of weeks. And so I want her to please be very, very careful so that she can get a treatment in a timely manner. And I would say to the governor, please don't put an anti-science person in as our number one public health professional. It's too important 
that we have someone who can lead us through a, another public health emergency and someone who's open to the scientific evidence of the benefit of vaccines, all vaccines, not just COVID vaccine, and whatever, whatever other precautions we have at our fingertips, which right now, especially for school children, are masks. There's not much else we can do. So I, I just wish we had a nominee who was um, worrying about the health of Floridians and not just saying no to every precaution that we have. All right. Well, Senator Polsky, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. It's nice to meet you. Special thanks to Senator Tina Polsky. Here's your calendar of events. The Florida Commission on Hurricane Loss Projection methodology will meet at 9 this morning. The 11th Circuit Judicial Nominating Commission will interview applicants for a Miami-Dade County judgeship. The Public Service Commission will take up a proposed settlement that would lead to Florida Power and Light raising base electric rates over four years. That's at 9.30. The Broward County and Polk County legislative delegations are meeting today. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed will hold a press conference in Orlando on discrimination against black farmers applying for medical marijuana licenses. That's at 1. The Florida First Responders Suicide Deterrence Task Force will hold an online meeting at 2. Holly Bell, Cannabis Director at the State Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, will hold a teleconference town hall to discuss hemp industry issues at 3. Congressman Charlie Chris will hold a virtual roundtable with State Representative Anna Escamani and community leaders to discuss the importance of the new Asian American and Pacific Islander History Bill. That's at 6. And Republican strategists Roger Stone and State Representative Rick Roth are expected to take part in a campaign event for Jason Mariner, who is running in a special election in South Florida's Congressional District 20. That's at 6.30 in Pompano Beach. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tramel Gomes, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. 